Hi, welcome to the Living Hope Young Adult Podcast Chosen. I'm your host, Abby Llewellyn. In this podcast, we break down what it means to be chosen by God, called to ministry, and to serve in our local church. These are stories of our leaders and pastors and how they were specifically chosen to ministry. This is Chosen. All right, today I have Hunter Sewell on the podcast. Hunter is the pastor for our college ministry here at Living Hope. Um, I've known Hunter for about three years now through the college ministry and through the chapel, and any Sunday that I get to hear him preach is always a joy. And so I'm excited to be able to talk with him and get to know him and his story a little bit better. And Hunter, I know that you're married to Holly, and I know Holly, um, but why don't you tell us about your wife and even your dog. <laughs> sure. Uh, Holly and I have been married for about three years now. Uh, we are middle school sweethearts. Uh, we started dating in middle school. I met her on the very first day I went to middle school. Uh, she is the joy uh, of my life. I love her so much. She's a nurse. Uh, she works at the medical center, and uh, she loves taking care of people. She's got a heart for evangelism and discipleship. She loves meeting with uh, really anybody, anybody she can talk to about Christ uh, she wants to. Uh, we also have a little dog. His name's Theo. He's great. Uh, he is... He's a Labradoodle. He's about 35 pounds or so, so he loves to snuggle. Cheez-Its are his favorite snack. Uh, that's Yeah, that's about it. Yeah. I feel like you always talk very highly of Holly, and I just love it. So, Okay, and I have some get-to-know-you questions. Um, what's your favorite hobby? My favorite hobby? Uh, I like to play sports. I'm a big sports guy, so basketball, soccer, watching or playing. That's probably... Um, Either one is just about the same for me. Yeah. Do you keep up with teams? or do I do. You? Okay. I'm a big Arsenal fan. So okay. Arsenal's my soccer team. Basketball team, I don't really care so much. I just like to watch. I'm very critical of basketball players. Yeah. <laughs> I act like I know what I'm doing, but I probably don't. Yeah. Uh, do you have any hidden talents? Uh, I don't think so. Okay. <laughs> probably not. Yeah. That's a strange question. So. It's a good question, though. Do you have a nickname? And what is it? Uh, my dad used to call me Suli. So okay. all the guys on my basketball team used to call me Suli uh, or or 22. Uh, that was my number. So they called me Double Deuce. Uh, I don't know. That was just a funny yeah. name. My middle school, or when I was playing baseball, um, they used to call me Peggy Sue. That was funny. Gotcha. Uh, I didn't really like that, but I went with it. Is there a reason? Just last name Sewell. Peggy oh, Sue. Gotcha. So. Yeah. Um, this might take a little bit of thinking, but what is the worst gift you've ever received I, I gotta think it's probably like when you're when you're like in middle school like you're a kid and somebody gives you a t-shirt or somebody yeah. gives you stocks mm-hmm. my grandpa gave me some stocks one time uh and I was probably I was probably a, either early teenager or like middle school age and I didn't appreciate the value of the stocks when he gave them to me yeah. I was like this is kind of crappy you know you, you yeah. want to get a toy or you want to get something fun video games or whatever mm-hmm. and uh, he gave me a bunch of stocks Turns out, though, I was able to take those stocks, and we were able to make uh, more money. So actually, uh, now looking back, I'm really grateful for those. But at yeah. the moment, it was like, ah, I don't yeah, really you're like, like this. like, I can't use this right now. Yeah. yeah. Um, if you could listen to one album for the rest of your life, what would it be? Hmm. I don't really, I don't really have albums that I listen to. I like okay. to listen to individual songs. Yeah. Uh, and I go through phases where it's, it's like I have like 10 songs I'll listen to and I'll just wear them out until I get sick of them. Yes. And then I'll find new songs. Um, yeah. So my favorite song right now is probably um, He Wears a Crown. Uh, okay. And I can't remember the guy's name that sings it. Um, but it's a really good song. Hopefully we get to – I think Jacob wants to introduce it as a worship song here soon. So yeah. that would be fun. That would be cool. Um, 
what is or was your dream job? Well, when I was in middle school, I wanted to be a doctor. Uh, I wanted to be either either a neurosurgeon or uh, an orthopedic surgeon because yeah. uh, I thought that would be a lot of fun. I was always injured, so I wanted to be able to do uh, surgery to help people who were always injured like me. Yeah. Um, but I uh, pretty quickly realized that, A, I wasn't smart enough to do that, and B, I didn't want to commit you know, 30 years of my life to school, uh, yeah. so I could be that. Right. Um, this one's so funny to me. What would you sing at karaoke night? Hmm. I like, uh, I don't know, maybe like an ACDC song, like okay. Thunderstruck or uh, yeah. For Those About to Rock. Um, I don't know. I think those are fun songs to sing. Yeah, for sure. Um, if you could give one piece of advice to your younger self, what would it be? Hmm. Man, that's a, that's a really good question. Um, I think probably my piece of advice would be uh, just to pursue the Lord with all your heart. Uh, mm-hmm. Even from an early age, I think there, I think every every person falls into this, especially those who've grown up in the church. You kind of have that that moment where it's like I, I kind of want to explore other things. Like I kind of want to just wander away for a little while, whether we do that intentionally or just unintentionally. Yeah. Um, but I wish I could go back to my younger self and say, Hey, it's not worth it. Like following the Lord and, and living out His plan for your life is is what's best. And there's a great blessing in. Um, obedience and faithfulness to Christ, and I've learned that on this side uh, because I've experienced some of those things on the other side, and uh, I would go back and tell myself that, um, but also just to be patient and to trust the Lord. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's funny that you said to pursue the Lord with all your heart because I have a verse later that I'm going to oh, say yeah? that's very close to that. So, yeah. All right. So I'm going to go ahead and jump into our chosen topic questions. Okay. So I know that a path to ministry was not your original plan. So kind of tell me a little bit about uh, what that stage of your life was like. Yeah. So I was in um, my freshman year in college. I was invited by Ryan Meredith, who was the middle school minister. Uh, to come and to work with him as an intern, basically, uh, just to come and play games with students, lead Bible studies, all that kind of stuff. And I thought, this is great. They're going to pay me uh, to come play games. I get to teach the Bible some. I uh, get free dinner a couple times a week. So I thought, this will be a lot of fun. No intention of going into ministry. I was actually going to Western to be, uh, uh, I have a, a financial management degree from Western. I wanted to go to insurance or go into insurance with my dad. Uh, That's kind of been, after I was done with my doctor's dream, that was my other dream, is I wanted to work with my dad in insurance. And um, I worked as a middle school ministry assistant my freshman year, sophomore year, and junior year. And about halfway through my junior year, I had to tell Nathan Mattingly, who was the middle school minister at the time, uh, I said I had to go get another job for my business internship because I had to get class credit or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I told him, I said, hey, I, I need to go ahead and get this other job. And he said, okay, that's fine, but I need you to stay because I don't have anybody to replace you. So I was like, okay, I was going to work both. So I worked both for about a whole week, uh, and it was it was a very difficult week. Um, I went to go work at Van Meter, and I'd worked there in the past um, as an errand boy, and you're just doing different things. But uh, this time I was learning the business, and, and it wasn't the insurance business that got me. It was um, as I look back now, I can see that it was it was very much so the Lord affirming to me or uh, of what my calling was um, to be a pastor. And so yeah. I can remember sitting in the office one day. Uh, it was a Wednesday, and I got to leave um, work early because I got to come here and hang out with the middle school kids. And I got a, I got to have a good conversation with some guys um, and got to share with them. We got to study the Bible together and to pray together. And it was kind of like one of those light bulb moments, like night and day. Like I made it very clear, like Hunter, this is what I've made you for. This is what you're. You know, this is what 
this is what you need to be doing. Yeah. Uh, and so I got to go back and tell my dad the next day, hey, this isn't for me. And he said, he said that was awesome. He was really excited. And he said, you'd be disappointing me if you stayed here. Um, yeah. And it was really cool just to be affirmed by my dad in that too, and my mom as well. So, yeah. yeah. So what do you think it was that shifted you like off of your own plans and onto God's plan? I think it was just sensitivity to, to what God was doing. Um, overwhelming conviction, I think, was part of it. Yeah. Uh, it's, you know, it's really... It's really easy when God makes something that you thought that you really loved and thought that you were really going to, you know, because when I was in business stuff, I was always looking for the next business opportunity. There's a house we could buy to flip it or investments. I was, you know, reading about a lot of that kind of stuff. And all of a sudden, all of those things that for so long I had thought, man, this is this is what I want to get into. All that just in an almost in an instant, it was like, I don't have any desire for that anymore. And yeah. all I could think about was I want to spend time with people. I want to spend time helping people understand who Jesus is and what he's done for them. And there was a, a major difference in my experience when I was doing those things. Um, when, I was, when I was talking to students and sharing with them, there was a great joy and a sense of satisfaction, a sense of purpose, I guess you could say. And then when I was doing the other things, it was, I could still do this, but I wasn't having fun. There was no joy. It was just kind of, a, just kind of going through the motions just to do it. Yeah. Was it difficult for you to follow God's plan? Did you ever think, like, oh, I could have been, you know, I could have been doing this? Or Yeah, sometimes I think about that. Uh, sometimes I wonder, like, what would my life look like if I were in the insurance business? Three or four years in now, mm-hmm. um, you know, where would I be at? My dad, my dad has worked really hard for a really long time, and uh, so I've got a really good example to follow uh, from him. And I think, I mean, I'd like to think I'd be a pretty good insurance salesman, um, yeah. but I look back and think, even some of my friends who were in uh, the business world, um, I just kind of look at um, the, the stage where they're at, and I think, they're, you know, they, they seem to have such a great purpose and such a great drive and a desire and hunger for those things, and uh, it's, just not, it's just not what God's put on my heart. And not to say one way, you know, one thing is better than the other, but um, it's very clear to me what God's put on my heart, so I... Uh, I don't have any regrets in the world about uh, choosing to follow the Lord and obeying His calling in, in my life to be a pastor. Yeah. Um, you kind of touched on this, but were there any specific people that led you to ministry? Yeah, I'd say Ryan was obviously the first one because yeah. um, he, he saw something in me that I didn't recognize in myself. And I don't know. I haven't asked Ryan about this, but uh, you know, I don't know if he, uh, if he ever thought, hey, Hunter could be a minister, he could be a pastor someday. But uh, he gave me the very first opportunities um, in terms of... Uh, ministry as a vocation and seeing what that looked like. I remember him inviting me uh, to meetings and having conversations with me. He gave me an opportunity to teach. I was absolutely terrified of that. Um, and he he and everybody else suffered through it, uh, but he gave me those first opportunities uh, to really explore that. And then uh, Nathan Mattingly really affirmed my calling um, and giving me more opportunities. And I think Tyler Whitmer was another, another really big um, person who affirmed a lot of things in me. Uh, really helped me and really challenged me, gave me a lot of cool opportunities to lead and uh, to lead by example and to lead in, in a specific leadership spot and then really pushing me to teach. Um, had Tyler had Tyler not told me uh, some of the things that he told me, I don't, I don't know if I would still be here. Uh, yeah. So I'm, I'm really thankful for him. Right. Um, what, were the, what were some of the ways that you already saw God moving at this time? You mean like in, in the ministry calling? Yeah. 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 Um, I'd say there was just a, a, a cool opening for me. Um, so when I, when, I was in, when I was a senior, I had already said, hey, I, I want to pursue ministry. I'd love to be a pastor. I want to kind of take steps that direction. I had started in seminary. 
I mean, I was working for Pastor Chad in the high school ministry, and I was kind of looking around. I was getting close to graduation. It's like there's nothing here. There's no there's no other job opportunities. I really didn't want to leave Bowling Green. Um, I didn't really want to leave Living Hope. Living Hope has always been it's been my church home since I can remember, mm-hmm. uh, and so I wanted to serve here. And uh, I can remember being really stressed out. I was really anxious. I was really uh, just because there was nothing going on in terms of like opportunities for me. Um, and uh, God provided a really cool opportunity with the college ministry. I had no idea that Tyler was uh, planning to go plant a church, and uh, I can remember a conversation he had with me about that. And it was really cool just to see uh, my around December of my my senior year. I was really really anxious and really worked up. And my dad challenged me for the whole month of January to not talk to anybody about what I should do next, but just to pray. Um, and I can't remember exactly the timeline, but it was somewhere around February or March where Tyler said, "Hey, I'm." thinking about going to plant a church. And he said, I think I'd like for you to take over the college ministry. And I said, no way. <laughs> I can't do that yeah. at all. And uh, But it was really neat to see how God provided an opportunity for me to serve here um, at this church. Yeah. So my next question was going to be, did you ever feel like you couldn't do it? And what were some of the fears that you faced? Oh, absolutely. I didn't think there was any way in the world I could do it. Yeah. I don't think there was any way I could be a pastor. I can remember uh, having a good conversation with Pastor Jason once and telling him that I had no desire to teach uh, I had no desire to stand in front of people and speak, and um, and he he just kind of he just kind of nodded, and he's very kind and gracious about it. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I was really terrified. I can remember um, having a conversation with uh, my dad and telling him, you know, I, I would love to have been the middle school pastor, and then I would have loved to have been the high school pastor. But the last thing I wanted to do was college ministry because yeah. they're they're peers, you know. Yes. And I just graduated, and uh, I knew them. I knew what they were like, and I knew what they thought, and. I was just terrified of, of trying to speak in front of them and uh, trying to lead a group of people that were about the same age as me. Um, but God has been very faithful. Uh, he has blessed mm-hmm. me with a lot of really good people around to help guide and help help me to facilitate. And um, it's been it's been a really fun experience for the last few years. Yeah. Were there any um, Bible verses that helped you? I'm sorry. Were there any specific verses that you were reminded of that helped calm some of those fears? Yeah, in First Timothy, I believe it's First Timothy chapter two. Um, he talks about um, Paul talks about how a, a, a good soldier doesn't get entangled in civilian pursuits, since his aim is to please the one who enlisted him. And I've always thought that was a great verse. Um, you know, pastoral ministry is no different than a lot of other things. You play the comparison game. Uh, you you wonder, am I doing as good as somebody else? Am I you know, what do people think about me? Um, how's my ministry versus somebody else's? Do we have more students than they do? It's a comparison game just like anything else for a lot of times. Um, but that verse was really helpful for me uh, because those are civilian pursuits. And I think about my responsibility um, and my calling from Christ is to be a good soldier, to be a faithful soldier to Him, you know, and uh, to serve His mission, not my own. Uh, and so that verse has always been a very uh, convicting and comforting verse to me to know that this is the path that God has, has called me to, to meet people, to build relationships, to share the gospel, and to disciple well. You know, that's, that's, what, that's the mission I've been given. Everything else off to the side, that's something else. Mm-hmm. So, you know, keeping on the main thing, uh, that's been a really cool verse for me, just one that I come back to often. Yeah. How have you seen the ministry grow from then to now? Yeah, our college ministry has, I think it's grown a lot. Uh, my first year, uh, I came in and... Um, and I really struggled. Uh, just to be completely honest, I really struggled. Uh, I struggled with some some pride issues, and uh, it was it was tough for me to see because I had placed a lot of my, I guess I could say my identity in being the college pastor, and a lot of my 
uh, emotional well-being was tied into how many kids do we have, how many students do we have coming, and which is a terrible thing to do. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've seen our ministry grow from being something that people just wanted to attend because it was something that was really cool or something that they enjoyed to. Now there's a mission that people feel there's a sense of purpose that when we get together, we're not just doing, we're not just doing things to do things. We're really here because we want to know Jesus better so we can make Jesus known. Yeah. Uh, and I've seen our students really kind of grab onto that, especially this last year. And so I'm really excited for the fall uh, to, to be able to unleash a whole bunch of students who, who are passionate about making Jesus known. Yeah. Um, and we're praying that there'd be a lot of students who would come to know Christ uh, as Savior and Lord because of that. Yeah. I remember one of the first weeks this last year, um, we sang Christ Be Magnified. Mm-hmm. And I like teared up on stage because I could just hear them singing it back to me and to hear like, oh, Christ be magnified. It just like really overwhelmed me. But it was just really cool because it just every person in the audience meant that. Mm -hmm. So it's really awesome. What's your favorite memory from the college ministry? I think Ironwood is probably one of my favorites. Uh, I I love Ironwood. I think it's so much fun. It's just a cool night and be able to see um, just students with really no, no, uh, nothing holding him back it seems like when they get mm-hmm. there it's just like I'm, I'm here to worship for an hour hour and a half and i'm just gonna sing at the top of my lungs uh, yeah. and that's always a really cool experience yes for sure how can we decipher between what we want and our calling hmm, that's a really good question i think i think you'd have to go back and look and see do the, uh if the things that i say that i want if they match what god's desires are and if I look at if I look in Scripture and I see like what is what is God's desire for me as a follower of Christ, um, and I look at His desire for me to be holy, His desire for me to love others, His desire for me to be obedient to His Word and to what He's commanded me to, and if I if I look at my own desires and I see that my desires match God's desires, then then I can move forward and say hey, yes, this is this is where God's put me. And so I you know I kind of look at uh, my desires, look at my gifts and my um, talents and even my opportunities and put those things together and to try to look at them through the lens of is this what's honoring to the Lord um, and if if I'm honoring to myself I think about there's a passage um, in Isaiah God talks about he won't share his glory with anyone and so if, if I'm living my life for the glory of God in in every sense of it uh, then then I have the freedom to pursue the gifts and the talents that he's given me the passions he's given me but if I'm pursuing those things for my own glory then I'm not honoring the Lord with them yeah how can we listen to our calling when we don't want to? Yeah, I think that one goes back to a heart issue. Uh, yeah. That's a really challenging one because that's that's one that you often have to have somebody outside of you to help you see. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's because when when we when we have a certain um, disposition towards something and we say like this is what I want to do, and if it's outside of what God's word says for us, then it's hard for us sometimes to reconcile those things uh, because as as human sinful beings, uh, we we are naturally um, selfish, and we want to do the things that we want to do, and uh, it often takes somebody who's outside of us to help us realize, "Hey, man, you're not pursuing the things of the Lord." Um, for us to be able to see, like this is what this is what God has for us. Um, but then to know too that there's a great joy and a great satisfaction that comes in doing what God has called you to do. Um, and and I'm not a I'm not a huge believer in everybody has a specific, you know, necessarily a, a unique vocational calling. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I certainly think that pastors and ministers are set aside for the work of ministry, but 
people are giving gifts and people are giving talents and passions, and those things are opportunities for them to, to honor God in those. You know, there are guys in the business field that can honor God in the business field uh, in ways that I can't um, as, a, as a pastor and vice versa. Um, but uh, to be able to recognize, like, wherever God has called me to, this is a place where if I serve him well and serve him faithfully here, there's a great joy and a great satisfaction in doing so. Yeah. And uh, if I try to if I try to step outside of doing what what God has purposed for me to do, then I won't experience those blessings. Right. Yeah. And I, just from experience, you know, you have an attitude about something, and then you go into it, and you end up loving it or mm-hmm. something, and then you're like, oh no. <laughs> yeah. Um, how do we keep insecurity from robbing us of our calling? I think it goes back to your identity, who who you yeah. really are, because uh, if you place your identity in something other than Christ is always going to be insecure. Uh, and when you know who you are and whose you are in Christ, then you can do anything. Uh, you can you could be a missionary, you could be a pastor, you could be a politician, you could be a businessman or a teacher or whatever. But if you if you try to make your identity something other than Christ, uh, you're always going to find a sense of insecurity in your heart because you're always going to be trying to earn something else. Um, but when you rest in, here's who I am in Christ, I'm, I'm a child of God, and, and I belong to Jesus in everything that I do. There's a great sense of security there that can only be found if you say, this is who I am first and foremost. And then out of this, I honor God by doing this and that. Yeah. Why is serving and listening to our calling so important? I think serving is the way that we can understand our calling. Uh, serving, especially within the church. Um, the reason I, I, I guess I was, God led me to become a pastor was because I began serving in the church. Um, I began serving in a vocational role, but uh, and well, I guess vocation. I was getting paid to do so, um, but it was an opportunity for me to serve, and serving led to a desire to serve more, which continued to give way to training and to give way to more desires to teach or to lead or facilitate. Um, and so, I encourage a lot of our students to serve, just because as you serve, um, not only do you experience a, a great sense of fulfillment in serving other people, but um, there's a there's a sanctifying process that happens too. Um, you're able to see like, hey, I'm really good at this and I'm really bad at that. So then you're like, okay, well, next time, maybe I don't focus on this so much, but I focus and I grow in this area. And um, a lot of times when we serve, God uses that kind of as a, maybe as a funnel, that'd be a good way to think about it. Kind mm-hmm. of a funnel to really hone us down. It's like, this is the spot that you're perfect for. Yeah. Um, so I think that's a, that's a really important thing that you, you can only learn that by serving though. For sure. All right, so we're going to flip it the other way. How can we be there for friends who are struggling with their purpose? I think the best thing that we can do is to encourage them about who they are in Christ um, mm-hmm. and to, to help people. You know, I think, I think that's a big pressure that a lot of people feel when they graduate college or once they're getting to the end of college is, uh, what am I supposed to do? Even people who don't go to college, there's this like, what is my purpose? What is my identity? All of those things. But if we'll go back again and we'll root those in Christ, if we understand that our primary purpose is to glorify God and to enjoy Him forever, everything else makes sense. Mm. And if I understand who I am in Christ and I let, I let my desire to glorify God my whole life and I let my desire to, to honor Christ, if I let those two things be my driving factor, then, then I'm able to serve well and whatever it looks like. So I think for, for us as friends, you know, just to be there to be encouraging, to listen. Uh, I know that listening is something I'm not great at all the time, uh, but listening is really a, it's really a discipline. Um, and if you'll just listen to your friends, then I think you'll be able to help them see uh, maybe, maybe areas where they may be a little selfish or maybe they're wanting to do something that, that doesn't match what God's will for their life is based on His Word um, that they can't see 
but that you as an outsider might be able to see. But you can only hear those things when you listen. Yeah. So maybe listen more than you talk more. Mm-hmm. I think that might be a good word. All right, this is a long question. Okay. What would you say to someone who is thinking about going into ministry or who is thinking about serving in their local church and is maybe a little nervous or doesn't know how to get involved? All right, so first I'd say absolutely serve. Serve, serve, serve. Absolutely serve. You know, we when we look in Scripture, we, we, are, we see that we are a body, uh, and each person, each member of a body has a part to play, uh, and the body can't be healthy if members don't play the part that they're supposed to be. Uh, and so I would say absolutely serve. Serve to the best of your ability, to the glory of God, and be faithful in doing so. Um, but with someone who maybe doesn't know exactly how to serve, best place to go, talk to the pastor. Um, talk to the pastor. Talk to a friend that you know who is already serving. Uh, maybe try to explore what it looks like to serve with them for a little bit. If you figure out, hey, this isn't really for me, figure out who you know where else you might be interested and who else can get you connected. Um, but in terms of someone who is interested in ministry, um, I'd say one thing is is to pursue holiness in your life, uh, to to do everything in your power to be pure, um, to be holy as God is holy. Uh, that's a commandment for all of us as Christ followers, uh, but also to to learn to love the church. Um, one thing I think it's really easy to learn to love the platform, to learn to love the stage that you get, uh, but loving people is much different. Um, and we're as pastors, we're under shepherds of God, um, of God's church. Uh, in First Timothy five, or First Peter five, um, we read about we're we're shepherding the flock of God. The church is not our church. We are under shepherds of Christ, who's our good shepherd. Um, so if we don't love to learn, or if we don't learn to love the church well before we serve in ministry. It's going to be really easy uh, for us to learn to love our platform more than we love the people that we've been called to serve. How can college students get involved at Living Hope? They can serve all over the place. Um, they can serve yeah. with us in college ministry. Uh, we've got all kinds of opportunities for them, uh, from ranging from being there to, to help greet students on Wednesday nights to doing outreach things on campus. Uh, but one of the best things I would encourage our students to do is to get involved in the church as a whole, uh, serving children, serving the middle school, high school, serve on the welcome team, be a part of the church as a whole, because uh, there's a great benefit in that, that you get to know other people. You get to it, it becomes more like a family when you begin to serve people who are outside of, of your, uh, your age group. Mm-hmm. All right, so I remembered earlier that you said to pursue God with all your heart. Mm-hmm. That was your advice to your younger self. So this is Proverbs Three, five through six, it says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make straight your paths. So it was kind of funny that I yeah. prepared that beforehand. All right. And then, verse. yes. And then, uh, people who are listening, you can follow the college ministry page at, on Instagram at Living Hope College, and it's all lowercase. Uh, and they have Bible studies every Wednesday night at 7.30 in the chapel. Every Friday they do a fun activity and an event. And so make sure you follow them on Instagram. And if you click the link in their bio, you can join the group me for all the texts and updates about events. Um, Hunter, thank you for being on the podcast. And it's been a pleasure to get to know yeah, you absolutely. and Thanks hear for your story. So, yeah.